Welcome to Cosplay and Cocktails. This is Paige. And I am Jesse. As always. As always. I got um confused. Hey Jesse, just what's edit story? out edit edit out all the, the silence of me just sitting there and make it sound like I said it immediately. I can do that. There no you go. one how would they know? They won't. Um Jesse, what are you sipping on over there? Well, so I bought this advent calendar, all of cocktails. So it's little 12 days of cocktails, little airplane bottles, like little oneies. Oneies? Uh, yeah, little oneies of booze. And uh, then like a little oney of mixer. Yeah. And so I had, I rolled a D12 since there's 12. And it popped up. Uh, but here's the thing is that the cocktails are kind of weird. So, so what did you drink? Well, I guess you'd call it, I guess you'd call it a whiskey sour. <laughs> uh, it had like, uh, uh, it wasn't called sour mix, but it was like lemon juice and simple syrup and lime juice. Maybe there was some orange juice in there. I can't remember. In like the little mixer bottle. And then a little airplane bottle of whiskey. Uh, and it was okay. A whiskey sour would not be something that I would ever order. So uh, it wasn't, you know, to for something to do for fun. For, you know, approximately 12 or so, depending on how many I double up on episodes. I think it'll mm -hmm. be interesting. So uh, stay tuned for more uh, roll a cocktail from the advent calendar uh, for the next, you know, handful of episodes. <laughs> 12, 12 or less, depending on, like I said, how many I decide to have a second cocktail and uh roll again so you did not like it it was not a it was not a uh, it winner was okay. the, it was okay i like you know if i went to like an event and it was like the free signature cocktail i would drink a couple of them you know like there was yeah. an open bar and one of the options was a whiskey sour right like this whiskey sour like i would get another one again if it was free but if i ordered it i wouldn't and like paid for it i wouldn't order another one but Fair. again i wouldn't i wouldn't order a whiskey sour to begin with like that's, that's, all of these are fair points hey jesse you feeling curious about anything yeah so this uh cocktail advent calendar has got me thinking as things normally do yeah so not uh, it's not close to Christmas right now, but uh, do you normally do an advent calendar or are you planning on doing an advent calendar? And if so, what one? Uh, I do not normally do an advent calendar. I mean, I guess um, I do, but the listeners don't know that. So the listeners don't know that. No, I normally do not. My kids do. Uh, the, my mother-in-law puts together an advent calendar for my kids every year, um, and it's the it, it, sometimes it's pre-made ones, sometimes it's rocks and shit. 
Um, it's it's pretty random, but I feel like I would not be very good. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'd be a very good sport with an advent calendar. I just want to open it all at once. Oh, that's probably, probably an accurate assessment. <laughs> um, and I mean, I know your answer, but why don't you tell the listeners? Oh, I'll probably do about five or six. I was going to say, you normally have a lot of advent calendars, uh, like a uh, cheese, yeah. a jam, a cocktail, uh, a wine. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have at least one. I always <laughs> do at least one. There is nothing in this world that brings me more joy than just a little treat. Yeah, you especially if it's a surprise treat. Mm-hmm. So like I know that I love it- I love presents, but now if my husband wanted to give me an advent calendar and by advent can- calendar I mean give me a present every day of, you know, the countdown or whatever, that's fine, but I I can't buy like a made one for my There's an idea uh, I'll have to run that by my partner and be like, how do you feel about purchasing? We can do it for each other, like we each, but they have to be right. like little, they have, here's the thing, they can't really be presents, they have to be treats. Treats, little uh, treats. It can't be like, you know, like a diamond watch. <laughs> I don't think either of us are diamond watch kind of girlies. No, but you know, it can't be like a real present is what I mean. Like, Right, right, right. It has to be a small treat it has to be like a small treat like a little candy or like a little like a little international cheese or like um uh we don't want that local cheese get it out of here uh i mean i don't if anyone local to us was making cheese i absolutely would not eat it (laughs) uh yeah so just little treats like a little treat well Nice chocolate little face mask, some stickers maybe. Uh, Lacroix, can of Lacroix. I'm gonna I'm gonna run it past them. Yeah, I think you should. Um, well, guys, on today's episode, unfortunately, um, there are no little treats. Um, but it was a treat. Here's the thing: an interview. One of our interviews is kind of like an advent calendar. There's approximately twenty to twenty-four little. Like each question is like a little door that you open. Well, you didn't let me finish my little transition. Uh, today's interview is going to be uh, a treat because we are interviewing cosplayer and author Beverly Downen. So welcome. Oh, nope. Hold on. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> always a good sign. So welcome, Beverly. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, would you just start out by kind of giving everybody a little idea of who you are and uh, why you're here today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I am very excited to be here uh, to chat with you both. Um, I love talking about all things cosplay all the time. So um, I haven't done one of these for a little bit. So I've been really looking forward to this. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Well, my name, I'm Beverly Downen also known as Down in Creative Studios. It's such an inventive name, I know. Um, <laughs> that was actually supposed to be a placeholder until I found something that was a little bit more interesting, but now I think I'm stuck with it. <laughs> it's After not the bad. book it's not and, you know, like the yeah. success online, yeah, I think you might be stuck. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit stuck with it, yeah. Um, but I'm a, uh, I'm a maker of all things. I, I 
uh, create costumes, I cosplay, um, I teach, I'm an educator, I'm a cat mom, I'm a wife, I'm a stepmom, I'm, I'm uh, multi-layered like a parfait. <laughs> Do you have any cat mom advice for Jesse? Jesse is a new cat mom. It's been really funny watching her. Uh, we did a panel at a uh, uh, con in um, Texas last summer, and it was on like cosplay fails and just like how to avoid them, like funny stories, you know, whatever. And we had a lot of um, audience participation, and like four or five people start like talked about like their cats ruining cosplays, like mid cosplay. And uh, <laughs> I had like a story that I threw in there, and. Jesse did not have her cats yet and she was like uh I had no idea that cats were such an issue and now that she has cats she's understanding yes there is a a hierarchy in the house especially around crafting with cats anywhere nearby and it's just uh it's just your lot in life now this is just your reality yeah Yeah, there's (laughs) uh there's definitely small bite marks in my overskirt for Ren Fair here in a couple (laughs) I'm just like you know that's that's free distressing. That's less work I have yeah. to do. Now it looks rugged and medieval. Uh, yeah, that's I right. A, a ye olde <laughs> cat. Like, like it was on purpose. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it gives it yeah. character. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I have two helpers. One more. <laughs> one likes to help more than the other one. The uh, One of them loves to find my iron when it's on and will come around and jump on the ironing board and sit right next to the iron probably because oh it's warm yeah but it like it freaks me out any anywho <laughs> make a little more natural transition there uh you're the executive producer and founder of the cosplay community she prop so if you would tell us a little bit more about your inspiration what she prop kind of is yeah um i love talking about this group it's something that um, I started back in 2018 and it was born out of frustration. Um, it's kind of like long building frustration. I, I really wanted to have a community or at least something larger than my, my small friend group of people that I could go to to get help with my costumes or ask questions without getting, you know, explained things in a way that wasn't helpful. And there just wasn't anything that I was able to find online about, you know, that that could help me with that. And so I created it. And the day that I decided that I was going to create this this group, so let me back up just a little bit because I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to explain what she prep is to anyone that doesn't know what the community is. We are a mostly online-based community, but we also do in in-person meetups and we gather at events. Um, but we're a community of makers, artists, um, anyone that feels like they need to, like they would like to have a safe space, free of judgment and criticism. And if you are, if you identify as female, uh, non-binary, transgender, um, not two-spirit, you are welcome to join us. This community is mostly on Facebook and Discord. And um, it's just a it's just a place where we can express ourselves with a free range of all of the emotions that we want, <laughs> all of the <laughs> questions that we want to ask. Uh, there's really, you know, ev- everything. Everyone there is kind. Um, it's something that we have been. Um, it kind of sounds weird to say that we've been enforcing kindness, but we really do. We use that space to help people 
learn how to interact in a kinder way with each other and to make space for each other. And so that's what, that's what she prep is. It's an ever evolving growing group. We've got members all over the world. Um, most of them are located in the, in the States. Um, and it started in the, in the Pacific Northwest, which is where I live, which is where there's a large concentration of us here. Um, but back to how it started, it was at Emerald City Comic-Con in Seattle, 2018. I'll set the stage. Uh, <laughs> I was literally on stage for a competition the night before with um, my Hella costume. And that Hella costume, I, I encountered a lot, of, a lot of people that just either didn't believe that I could make it or they were, you know, questioning my materials and questioning my methods that I wanted to use to, to do it. But I was stubborn. You tell me that I can't do something, I'm going to do it. That's just who I am. And I competed with it and I placed. And then the next day I wore the costume again because I didn't want to just wear it for one day. <laughs> and I had, cause you know, like, why do we do that to ourselves? So I wore it the, the second day on Sunday. I was so proud to walk around this giant headdress on my, on my, on my head and my suit. I spent so much time on sort of still like glowing the afterglow of placing uh, on stage. It was so much fun. And I remember exactly where I was on the floor when this woman stopped me and I thought that, you know, she wanted a picture, but she said, oh, that's what a, what a lovely costume. Did your husband make that for you? And he was standing right <laughs> next to me. And I was just like, that was the last straw. <laughs> it's just like, I, I cannot deal with this anymore. Like it, and it's, and that was really the, the beginning of, I'm serious about starting a support group basically for people like me who either aren't being taken seriously, which, you know, that, that poor lady, you know, I'm very thankful for her. I'm so glad that she asked me if my husband made that costume for me, because otherwise I probably wouldn't have been, I would have never started G-Prop. But right. that was really the, the last thing that I needed to push me to the edge where I was just like, if I, if I say that I need this, then I need to do it. I need to start this group. So, um, a couple of my other friends, I was talking to them about it and they encouraged me. And so we created it and we came up with a name. And um, a few days later, we had a couple hundred people in the group. It was just, you know, and that kind of really showed me that the space was needed. Like we needed to have this space. And then a short while after that, I have a friend um, ask if they, if uh, it was open to um, transgender cosplayers. And that's opened my eyes to the fact that it's not just women that need a safe space. It's uh, a lot of other people. So um, yeah, it's the group has grown like that since 2018. Um, and it's been just one of the most amazing things I think that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's, it's such a wonderful place. And I'm so glad that you, you are both members. Um, we, yeah. so we went to, um, we went to, I think we've been to two different C2E2 she prop panels um, and just really, really enjoyed it. it. I mean, we knew a lot of the panelists because um, they were cosplayers that we've met or interviewed or, you know, whatever. But um, just I, I always get very good vibes from from the panels and the, you know, we haven't been to a meetup yet, but um, 
that's just because of who we are as humans. So. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you really quickly plug how people can get involved in She Prop really quickly um, in case they yeah. don't, they've never heard or they don't, they don't know. Yeah. So uh, you can find the best place to find us is on Facebook. Actually, scratch, scratch that. The best place is our website, sheprop.com. And it has all the social links there and you can find us there. Uh, but the biggest group and the one that you'll find the most people and the most interactive um, is on Facebook. So all those links are on uh, our website and we're also on Instagram. And we have a Discord, which is invite only, but you can message us on Instagram or on Facebook for the link and we will we will get that to you. Um, so you're obviously very, very passionate about SheProp, about that community. Um, I know you're passionate about cosplay. What is something other than than those things that you're passionate about? What is, what's something that maybe would surprise listeners? <laughs> well, um, I'm passionate about my cats and <laughs> my husband. I'm also I'm also a huge coffee snob. Uh, I I love coffee. Um, I love Godzilla. And um, I love bad movies. Oh my God. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, you know, <laughs> Sharknado, bring it. Snakes on a plane. I want to watch it. What did I watch the other day? Oh, The Meg. I love those kinds of movies. And let's see. Yeah. I don't know. Can I really top that? Bad movies. No, no. I mean, I think that's a really good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this question, one of my favorites to ask, I added additional question because Paige can't stop me. She's not here. <laughs> uh, kind of a follow-up, a tag-along question, if you will. So question as written is what character that you have you cosplayed that you feel like you identify with the most or is most similar to you um it can be one that you are planning on cosplaying a cosplay you work on or one that you've done previously uh follow up to that will be which one you think you're the least like so a character <laughs> that's very dissimilar from you oh my gosh well you know it's funny i was that's such a hard one for me to answer because I, I was thinking about this. I was like, I caught, I, I cosplay a lot of villains and I'm not really <laughs> a villain. I'm, I'm not like, I think I, I cosplay not evil, not like outright evil characters, but I, I feel like I definitely like, it's either villains or armored female warrior characters and I would love like I love my armor female warrior characters because I feel like that's that's what I would like to be you know that's kind of what we cosplay like that's kind of why a lot of us cosplay right we like to step into the shoes of a character that we see ourselves as or that we would like to be and so I'm just looking at the list of my my costumes here and I am realizing that I'm either like a armored queen or I'm <laughs> a villain <laughs> so you know one of my one of my favorite costumes that I that I made was uh, my Athena costume which was an original design and I made that right after I think after I made it was either Wasp or Hela it was one of those two those two costumes I nearly killed myself on because I wanted it to be very screen accurate and mm -hmm. then I burned myself out and I decided I was going to do something completely new. 
So Athena was born because I just wanted to make something pretty and I wanted to get back to my armor and I wanted to, to make something that was golden and I wanted to, you know, be a source of, of inspiration for, for turning cos cosplay into more costume design. So I think that the armored female warrior characters, like I would love to play a cosplay Xena. Eventually, I, yes. I, think, I think she's on my list of eventual like yeah I would love to do that because I just loved her character so much yes you know when she came out she there was nothing really else like it like I loved Wonder Woman because I I am a uh, an older generation and Wonder Woman was something that I grew up watching and she was like the only superhero that I was um exposed to uh, like literally until Ali like Ripley from Aliens came along those two female characters really made a made a maybe made a big impact on me. Um, so I feel like I'm just rambling now, just talking about characters. Okay, listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just saying, you know, you don't, you don't normally gravitate towards, you know, you just, you love a strong woman. I do. Whether she's yep. bad or not. Strong women. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. That's a really great <laughs> way to answer that question, that long meandering question. Thank you for summarizing it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I got from it. I'm like, she loves a baddie, whether they are an evil baddie or just a regular baddie. A regular baddie. Yeah. Love it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so is there one that you think is the most dissimilar or are you saying just most of them are not that much like you? I think that the, the evil ones are definitely not like me. In, in real life, like IRL, me is very kind, at least I would like to think that I am. And um, I, you know, I do, I am a big sister. I definitely was an evil big sister uh, a few <laughs> times, cannot deny that. So Hella, I identified with her a little bit just with the sibling <laughs> rivalry. Um, and who doesn't want to be an evil queen for a day, you know? So I have my Ravenna and what else? evil queens have i done very many evil queens maybe it's just that one evil queen. no your ravenna is one of I my favorites but i Ugh. just i love some of her looks and so i just i'm really really drawn to that yeah you know the thing that i love about cosplay and i think that this for me you know a lot of a lot of folks will see a character and they will get invested in the character because it, it is similar to who they want to be or, or you know what they see themselves as and for me a lot of the times I will see a costume and I'm like I don't care what that character is I just want that costume I want that I want that I want to be wearing that who is that let me go look that up and so that part of it is sometimes very secondary for me which is I think why I wind up playing villains a lot um now that I'm thinking about it do you once you've seen like that character and that that cosplay or that you know whatever it is that draws you to that character then do you have to go back and watch the source material and like get a handle on the character or are you just mm -hmm. like I don't care what their deal is I just want to <laughs> wear that outfit I, I I definitely like to do research for sure I like to know and just also, also like make sure that I don't really not identify at all with a character or the character is somebody that you know I I would never like or you know somebody that is um like problematic all the, all the yeah so exactly some something that is not problematic uh because of course I don't want to be doing that so um so 
moving on a little bit, I'm sitting here looking at it on the table. Uh, CNT Publishing sent us um, some cosplay books earlier, um, or yeah, earlier in the year. And yours Last was year. one that I immediately was, uh, I gravitated towards because I am terrified of EVA foam. I so badly would oh. love to make, you know, like, I don't know, I would love to make some armor or just like, you know, a bodice or I don't know, anything. And I get very, very overwhelmed thinking about it. So I immediately had to look through yours. Tell us, um, tell us a little bit about what made you pick EVA foam as your, um, you know, your topic. And um, I want to know, this is a little side, I want to, I want to hear all about the book <laughs> process. But yeah. I want to know what one thing you would tell somebody, like a, a beginner's like tip for, um, for foam, like, what would you be like, okay, here's what you need to do to start? <laughs> well, what you need to do to start is get my book, and then <laughs> uh, read, read the first chapter. So the the thing, the thing about that book, and I'll just say it like super fast, you don't need to read it from like page one all the way to 240. Uh, you can skip all over the place. Everything that you, um, everything in that book is written for someone who either um, is brand new to EVA foam and needs someone to just spell it out for them. And that is really what I was trying to do with this book was make things very accessible and very easy to comprehend and, and understand. Um, and hopefully to take the scary part of it away from, from the whole process to, to give you a little bit of, of, of a push in that direction, armed with the tools and the knowledge so that you can go out and create. Um, so one tip, yeah, besides getting my book is just to just get some foam and play with it. Just play with it and know that this is your play your, your, your sandbox, your, your playtime, and that this piece of EVA foam is something that you are just going to probably shred to bits because you're going to cut it up. You're going to glue it to something. You're going to test it out. You're going to use it as your testing area. And it doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing in the world. You don't need to transform every piece of EVA foam that you touch into something gorgeous. A lot of the stuff that I make, they're all, um, you know, mock-ups, they're prototypes, they're things that are ugly um, and that's just all, all part of the process. So um, make mock-ups, make mistakes. Um, remember the mistakes that you made so you can learn from them. But don't be afraid to make mistakes because that's how everybody learns. So that, that would be my, my big piece of advice, especially with something starting anything new. I will Absolutely. say you, you said that like it's, it's supposed to be laid out very, you know, easy and, and beginner friendly. I, I love the way it is laid out. I think it is... Um, I was going, I was looking for something earlier this year, prepping for a cosplay. And I went in and I was just kind of like thumbing through some of the cosplay books, looking for an idea. And um, I just, I was able to find in your book what I needed so easily. I can't remember what it was, but, but looking back through it now, I'm like, I love, I love how it's laid out. I think it is very user-friendly and I think oh. there's a lot of really good, um, detailed information in here as well as very simplified information so mm -hmm. I think it's good for everybody that's so I love hearing that thank you you're welcome <laughs> um, it's, writing a writing a book like this is a very scary thing uh, because I'm basically putting my brain on page on pages no paper because you know everything that I have learned and that book certainly isn't everything that I've learned but it is enough of a start for 
you know, for someone else to hopefully get the courage to get started and, and push themselves to, to keep going and keep learning. Um, but the, the design of it, I can't take credit for the actual, like the, the layout and everything. Um, I did work pretty closely with the designers uh, and, the, and the publisher on this. So they, they really did a good job getting all of this information crammed into those 240 pages. Like we had 240 was the limit, was the max number of pages. Oh, wow. And so the work was, how do we fit all of this stuff into all of those pages and make it feel like it's still, like it's not overwhelming and that it's organized and easy to follow. So they did, yeah, my hat is off to them. Like they did a great job. I did help them out a little bit with uh, just a couple of layout things which I'm sure that eventually they were probably like, can she please stop doing this? Cause we just need to print this book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's hard cause I do have a design background as well. And so I, you know, I can't leave things alone. So I, I had to get my hands in everything. <laughs> it is definitely, I'm looking, we received seven cosplay books from them and it is the thickest by far. <laughs> yeah. It is. She's thick. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, initially pitched a book on patterning for EVA foam because I felt like that was something that maybe I hadn't seen a lot of at the time. Mm -hmm. um, there weren't a lot of how to pattern on EVA foam books. So that was my first, my first thing. And then they came back and said, well, can you maybe write a little bit about what EVA foam is and how to use it? And it was like, well, that is a huge, that's like a whole nother book right there is, mm -hmm. is, are those things so my book is broken up into three four sections um what eva foam is how to use it and patterning and then projects so we really they they basically threw back let's expand your book we'll we'll make it in giant sections and um we'll basically hand someone an entire like here you go here's a resource if you are interested in you know patterning and you're a first time EVA foam, EVA foam user, um, the theory is you have everything that you need in that book. Yeah, uh, it was a I, lot of work. I believe it. I, I really, really <laughs> do believe it. Like I said, sitting here flipping through it as we're talking and I'm like, okay, like with this book, I feel like I might feel okay about doing some stuff that is really <laughs> scary to me, so. Well, I'm also here for you. Uh, and, and that goes for everybody and, and I'm, I tell folks at my tables all the time because I've been traveling around um, with my books and you know they'll pick the book up and they'll thumb through it. And the thing that is scary is, you know, sometimes having a book isn't really enough. You need to have someone that is willing to share help to help you out if you get stuck because you're probably going to get stuck just a little bit somewhere at some point. And that's the big fear, right? It's not knowing where to go and not knowing that you have help if you are str truly struggling for, for an answer. Um, and I am always available on, on Instagram, message me or, or email me. So just reach out. I'm here for you. Yeah. Listen, if I get into something scary, you're going to be real sick of me. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's another Deal. thing I was going to say is I love, um, it, I mean, it says in the bio of your book, I know that um, I have seen you post things before. You are very, um, you're very willing to share your tutorial, share, share ideas, um, offer help. And I just think that we have, we've been very lucky through the podcast meeting cosplayers that are like, 
oh, like, just message me later. Like, we, I'll, I'll give you a tip, you know, or like mm -hmm. talking, they tell us, you know, something. And I think, I think the fear, I, I guess, for cos for smaller cosplayers is um, gatekeeping, secret keeping, mm -hmm. like, why would I? And so to just over the past couple of years, really realize that the quality cosplayers aren't doing that. They they want to share, they want to um, help, they want to, it's just, it's been really nice. Um, it's been really nice to see uh, all that encouraging and stuff from from more seasoned cosplayers that, that really know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's it's been really refreshing to, and, and kind of a relief as well that we're mm -hmm. now in a different, different age of cosplay altogether. Right. You know, I, I feel like I entered cosplay in 2018. So I was definitely later than a lot of people who have been doing this for a long time okay. when, you know, there was only like one place that you could buy wigs and there were no right. tutorials and everyone was using wood glue and everything, you know, but now we have access to so many more things and so many more tutorials and everyone is just trying to teach. So I think that the, this is just my prediction. The next, the next little phase that we're going to get into is um, the quality the, the people who are um, able to teach things in a, in a condensed way that is also still providing quality and in, mm -hmm. like in, something that's still informative, not just flashy. So like the 10 second, like, this is how I did my, <laughs> this watch me, watch me make my costume. It's mm -hmm. entertaining, but it's not educating. So that's, I think, I think that the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit um hopefully <laughs> and we'll be we'll we'll have uh great tutorials that are that are still that are very informative with current materials that we have access to today all, all right uh next question i don't like saying never but <laughs> what is a cosplay that might be more difficult uh, or like a dream cosplay that might not be very realistic to get done and why? So uh, anyone that asks, anyone that knows me knows that Ripley and the power loader from aliens is like my, my ultimate goal uh, of, of, of a costume that I would love to make. Like, I just want to be, I just want to be Ripley for a day and I want to battle an alien queen <laughs> with a power loader. I mean, that scene just in the movie when I was a kid, when I watched it, I think I watched that movie like probably a hundred times. Um, I was way too young, first of all, to be watching that, but um, <laughs> I loved her. I loved how strong she was. And when she walked into that power loader and battled the queen, it was just like the most badass thing I'd ever seen. So I, I would love to make that power loader. I really would. And I just, it would take so much space. I'm also slightly afraid of, of crafting something that I would fall out of. I'm a little afraid of heights. <laughs> so there's like all this stuff. Um, but, you know, I don't want to live my whole life and not do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just need to, I just need to maybe make a small scale version of it. And then that will help me get over myself. And that's actually something that I, that I did recently on my nemesis build, I have a one quarter scale 3D printed model of my of me. I went and got a scan done several years ago, never did anything with a scan. I finally got it printed out this year and um, I've been patterning on that. And that is making things a lot easier for me to visualize and also to kind of 
problem solve on the fly at a smaller scale just makes everything so much easier. So I think if I start with a smaller scale, then that would be, that would give me the confidence in myself to, to know where I need to ask for help. And then also to maybe make this a long-term goal that I, that I work on over a longer period of time. Um, I think that the, that combination of things might actually make this possible, but right now it feels very out of reach. Um, so <laughs> I think I know the answer to this, um, but do you prefer making cosplays or costumes that are more screen accurate or do you like uh, kind of having the creative freedom to um, do a mashup or make changes or just kind of do your original character? Oh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I I love the challenge of creating a screen accurate costume. I love it. Um, a lot of the times the designs that I love are CGI, like uh, Ravenna's cloak and Hella's headdress. Those mm -hmm. actresses never actually had those things on. They might have had it on for like, a, you know, a, some form of it for some function, but they did not act in those things. Um, and I, I love getting immersed in all of the details and the minutia of recreating someone else's work. Um, it's like a roadmap. It's a blueprint that I can follow. Um, and the challenges are, are there. They're a little bit different than making something original. Um, but when I am making something original, I feel like I have a lot more freedom and I can also pivot or change direction when the design is getting difficult or if I'm like, oh, I'm kind of inspired to do it this way. Uh, so it's just, different parameters and makes it a different kind of a challenge. I really like doing both, but I get burned out really easily when I'm recreating somebody else's work because I feel like I'm taking a test. And if I do it, if I recreate it perfectly, I feel like I get, like I've given in myself an A plus, you know? And then sometimes I don't enjoy the process if I'm trying for that much accuracy. So I guess it just depends on what I'm up for. Um, I love the personal satisfaction of designing something and original and also creating it and wearing it. It just feels like the whole process is just all about me. And, but the, the challenge of making something screen accurate is also like, look at this thing that I made and this was hard and I did it. <laughs> so it's just two different things. Uh, all right. We've kind of touched on this one before, but what is something cosplay related that you would never do? Oh, um, I will never cosplay a clown character. Yeah, I hate. Sure. I hate. <laughs> Me too. I, um, I cannot deal with clowns. I can't. No. I can't do it. Don't show me a clown. Nope. Okay. Don't so I have do a question it. for you. <laughs> I have a question. I'm also very afraid of clowns. Uh, but for me, it's um, like regular clowns. Like if they are trying to be scary clowns, like. Um, there's a clown from American, one of the American Horror Story seasons, the circus, is it circus season? Yeah. Um, oh, I couldn't watch that season. I couldn't. Um, well, clown. he is yeah. like, it's trying to be too scary. Like, he, he doesn't look like a normal clown to me. That, that one doesn't scare me. I, I feel like we see one of, uh, like somebody cosplaying as him at Dragon Con almost every year. And I'm always like, okay, that really doesn't scare me that much. Well, I'm glad to have another friend in the anti-clown club. Can't do it. I'm with you. No clouds. Nope. <laughs> nope. I can't. Simply cannot. Um, okay. Well, we're going to move on from that subject uh -huh, real fast. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, do you have any like cosplay making habits? Like, do you like to listen to audiobooks 
art or uh, sing while you're sewing or anything like that? Uh, so I do, there's a couple things, oh, three, three things. Um, actually during Dragon Con prep, which was Con Crunch for like three weeks, um, my group of friends and, and I would, um, do crafting hangouts on Discord. And that was amazing. That was so great. It was really the first time that I'd done a lot of that and just having the camaraderie like, Hey, we're not alone. <laughs> um, also what do you think about this color or, or this material, or I'm stuck on this, like what kind of glue should I use for this? It was just really nice to have uh, some friends that were also crafting, but we were in our own spaces. That was really nice. Uh, so I hope to do more of that. Um, if I'm not doing that, then I'm listening to uh, music, um, all kinds of music, but definitely something that has like has a beat. Um, I love EDM, and so I'll listen to a lot of that. Um, and podcasts. So I will listen to cosplay podcasts. Um, although sometimes I'm like really so focused that I'm not listening. Do you know what I mean? Which is why like yeah. music sometimes works way better. All right. So if you would tell us about your experiences with judging cosplay contests. And then uh, my favorite question here, or my favorite, but again, my very favorite to ask people is who, what, character they identify with the most but this is a character uh something that Paige and I always discuss when we imaginary judge contests from <laughs> the uh if there was a rule that you could add or something that you could get rid of what would that be Ooh. well I I love judging cosplay contests it's such a great way to see you know, people's work up close and get them to talk about what they did to have it come together or something that they struggled with that they overcame or some neat process that, you know, I get to learn all about. Um, it's just, it's just really wonderful. Um, I really do love, love judging. I think if, if I was in charge, one of the things I would love to do is to have like a standard like a standardized way of identifying who is what character <laughs> and like what their, what their, their, their group, you know, if, if it's novice or advanced or whatever that is, you know, have all of that organized right off the, off the bat and have a photo of the character and the photo of the cosplayer um, to accompany their entry behind the scenes uh, in pre-judging one of the things that is sometimes the hardest is when you have you know four three four five judges and they all have their favorites and they all you know some people might not be familiar with the character that this person is and so if you're calling that character you know, if you're referring to that character as somebody that might be placing and then like someone's trying to remember what it looked like. And it's just, you know, you see 30 people and it's just really difficult uh, sometimes for me anyway, to remember mm -hmm. every single character name and what their, what their costumes are. It's just a lot of input, a lot of information coming at you in the span of like two hours. And to remember all of that all at once is sometimes real hard. So one thing that I think I would love to have is like, even if it's just like a, a Polaroid or something that we can have that has a photo of the picture of, of the character of the costume that we can keep. And then we can use that to kind of organize our, our thoughts with where, where people should be placed 
who we want to consider. Do we want to maybe add something like a judge's choice if it's something that isn't already part of the program? If, the, if we're even given the flexibility to do that, which sometimes the showrunners, they're more than happy to have us award extra things where it's just a just an additional you know mention. Judges' choices, I love those because it really gives us a chance to give someone you know an award that really stood out for us, but maybe not um, be of the caliber that would make them a placed someone that placed uh, in at the top of their category. I mean, there's just so many things, but like for me, the, when it comes down to it, it's just having things organized from the beginning <laughs> and having things running smoothly. It it means less stress for us as judges less stress for the cosplayers because they know that they've been seen and that we, they've been heard and they've used every moment of their allotted time to talk to us. And we're not scrambling to um, make notes or write down their character name on a piece of paper where we really should be having all eyes on them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I know it sounds like, like such a silly little detail, but I, it would be, I usually will take a photo on my phone if, it, if that's okay with everybody and then we'll use that as a visual to just refresh everyone's minds of, of the characters that, you know, who this character was and wh who that character was, that kind of a thing. So that does help. But I also don't like having photos of, of contestants on my phone. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, feels feels dangerous for some reason. I just would rather rather have everything that we can give to the um, showrunners at the end of prejudging and then they keep everything and then we've given them our choices for winners, usually those things are chosen already with a short deliberation of have we changed our minds uh, during the show. And then, um, yeah, anyway, I, here I am again, rambling. Obviously, I have- No, no, all this. of that is very, very relevant and interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, <laughs> cosplay judging is one of those things that we talk about all the time. And we're all, we're, we're constantly like, if we drive home from a con, we're like, okay, here's who we, you know, here's where our opinions differed from the judges and here's why. And like, what do you think this was about? And why do you think they made this decision? And like, it's just, it's always one of those things we talk about in depth. Um, so, I, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I, if I had a, a magic wand, it would, I would make that part of things a little bit easier for everybody. Um, is there a rule that you have come across at a, uh, in judging that you're like, I don't love that. Like, I, I don't agree with that. I don't know. I would love to have a longer discussion with um, some judges and showrunners about how they script, how they uh, construct their rules. But, you know, sandbagging is something that I, I'm, I'm torn on. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk to showrunners to, to see how they, you know, what they feel, how they feel about, about the rules that they craft. So we'll, correct we'll me say, if I'm wrong. We'll say it like that sandbagging for those that don't know and I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what it is is when a cosplayer who has won a previous competition enters at a lower level at another competition with the same cosplay or is it not that simple yes um well I guess I'm I'm referring to those folks people that enter costumes and they place or they win and then they go and they take the same one and they enter in another costume, another contest. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do kind of, I don't know. That just doesn't seem like it seems sort of anti 
friendly, I guess. It just maybe it's a little bit rude. I don't know, but that's just my own own opinion. Um, if there isn't a rule about it in the in the costa in the, the the contest that I'm judging, if there's no rule about that, then you can't hold that a you know that right. cannot count towards uh, anyone's right. you know points. You have to follow the rules as judge, no matter what you think, um, or no matter what you've been told about you know a a, a costume or a cosplayer. It's it all just comes down to what has been entered. Um, but yeah, I just feel like that's sort of an unsportsman sort of a thing to do. Um, uh, that's you know, an inter- it's like- definitely an interesting, like, uh, where once again, where's the line there, you know? What's- yeah. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to talk to someone who, who likes to do that and just to, just to get down to like, well, why, what is it about? Is it just entering the contest and maybe getting different kinds of feedback from judges or you know, having that is a different challenge because every contest is a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's something there that I, that I, you know, would be interesting to, to hear about. If you ever do right. a, an episode on that, I, I, I'll be the first one to listen. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> we'll keep you posted. Um, so tell us uh, as, I feel like we're, we're becoming elder cosplayers now. Um, <laughs> what comfort comes into play a lot? We're, very conscious of the shoes we are wearing and if our wigs are comfortable and you know not to mention just like the cosplay in general um what is your most comfortable cosplay that you have and what is your least comfortable cosplay uh I have two kind of comfy costumes right now um um my Captain Marvel is pretty comfortable I made it in two parts so it's not a onesie it's uh, a top and a bottom and so I can walk around all day. My shoes are flat. Um, I don't, I kind of have Captain Marvel hair right now. So I don't even need to wear a wig. So I can, I can run around a convention almost all day long in that thing. And I did do that recently at SpaCon just a few weeks ago. The other comfy costume that I love that I have right now is the guide from What We Do in the Shadows, which was a dragon yes! costume. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I didn't make anything on that costume except for the hat. So, oh, really? Um, I mean, it still counts as a, as a cosplay as far as I'm concerned, but yeah. I uh, definitely more of a Amazon closet costume. I saw that you did the guide. Um, I also did the guide at DragonCon this year. Oh, um, my God, amazing. And, um, <laughs> I, I made I made mine, but I didn't have to. I just I I'm still like trying to prove to myself that I can do things. <laughs> so, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna make it. Um, but the hat, oh, that hat, the hat was a beast. The hat was a beast. Uh, I've never made a hat before, and uh, it was it was scary. Um, there's there's foam in it too. There's some EVA foam in my hat too. Oh. So. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, but I love your I love your guide costume, and yes, I also I we wore Jesse was Naja, and I was the guide on Saturday at DragonCon this year, and we wore them all day, and we both commented on how comfortable those were. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're so fun, and and people love them, and it's yeah, yeah. you can have pockets wherever you want. It's, it's exactly. Nice. <laughs> yep, absolutely. My least comfortable one is Hella's headdress. Ah. Yeah, that one is, um, so the, I've made that that headdress, headdress twice. The second time you would think I would have made it to like actually fit my my big noggin with all my hair. 
and um, I made it a little bit too small. And so it it's not very comfortable to, to wear. I need to make another one so that I can actually wear it around. But yeah, it's super uncomfortable right now. But it looks pretty. Okay, Jesse, you are up. Do you have a favorite individual piece of a cosplay? So one thing, so like for me, it would probably be my sword, like a favorite prop or wig or shoes or, you know, shirt, pants, dress. You know what items are. Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just saying, you're just listing things. You're now. just listing yeah. stuff. Well, you listed a couple, so I thought I'd see. Well, you know, right now my my favorite thing is um, my Lucifer Morningstar jacket and and the wings that I made for that costume. That those two things together, I love them so much. I just, you know, that jacket was a lot of work, and I'm very proud of it. And it's even lined. I've worked so hard on that and it fits well. And I actually lined it like, who am I? <laughs> okay. So this one's a little bit, a little bit weird. Um, but describe cosplay in three words. <laughs> they can go together or they can just be three separate words. It's ha- literally however you want to interpret this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so you did send me this question ahead of time. So I had some time to think about it. Um, and I have two answers. Uh, first one is uh, creative, challenging, and personal. The, that was my first answer. And then I was like, oh, well, let's, let's change that up just a little bit. And so now my three words are creative self-expression. And I know that's like a really general general way to express what this is, what this weird hobby is, but um, that is kind of what it is all about for me, is, yeah. um, is exactly that. That's, that's, that's all we needed. I mean, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> there's no, there's no wrong answer. So you're, you're good. So pages use the term cringy here. What would you say is the quote unquote cringiest thing that you do as a cosplayer? I don't like using that word um, for for things that I do only because if someone if I say that I'm being cringe about something and someone else is doing the same thing I want them to feel like they're also being cringe you know because totally get it it's like I just it's this is a safe space (laughs) of creative self-expression so but I do have some bad habits um, and one of those bad habits is um, pointing out flaws in my costume when someone gives me a compliment on on okay. it. I really need to work on not doing that because I will I will call people out on doing that myself. I'll, I'll you know if they're if I give them a compliment, they're like, oh, but uh, I didn't you know hem this part. Like I, that's fine. I you are still you did an amazing job, and that's all I'm saying. So take a compliment, will you? So I need to follow my own advice and just uh, learn how to just take a compliment. Uh, we recently asked each other, I think um, we had done an interview with someone and um, it was the first time this question appeared on our list. And uh, Jesse was like, oh, I want like, I'm going to ask you that question page. And so she asked me and I said, well, like, this is maybe what other people think my cringiest thing is, but it doesn't bother me. <laughs> 
me and I was like <laughs> like making <laughs> making TikToks like people might think that's cringy like I'm like but like I'm still doing it so I'm like I'm not out here saying don't be cringy like make make TikToks and cosplay do it so yeah uh, no we do not mean cringy necessarily in a super negative way we just mean like yeah. what's something that you feel is like yep that's something I do like and yeah yeah well that's definitely something I do oh you know another thing that I that I do is uh, so my husband takes most of the photos that you see of me in costume um and I am so guilty of being overly critical of like of of me when I see myself on you know in those photos mm-hmm. uh, you know he'll show me something and be like look at this you look amazing and I'm like oh but I like oh, I wish I'd been standing a different way and like even though that might be true I really should just be a little bit kinder to myself I think like you know if they're if he's seeing something awesome in a photo then I should probably just you know accept it I'm like yes it, that's hard though I mean I yeah. know Je- for Jesse and I like we often cosplay together um and so we uh I mean even if we, do, if we don't cosplay together we get fo- photos together and um you know it's it's sometimes difficult getting one we both like and we'll be like I'll be like, oh, I really like this one. And she'll be like, I don't like this, the way this is in this one. And I'll be like, she'll be like, but I like this one. And I'll be like, oh, I don't like that. But you know, like you do, you want, you're so proud of what you're wearing. You want it to be, you want it to be quote unquote perfect. You want it to be showcased in the way you want it to, but it is hard. Yeah. It is definitely. Yeah. So don't be too hard on yourself about that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be kinder to ourselves, right? Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay. So. Go back to when you were a baby cosplayer. You were just starting out. What is something that you wish you knew? What is something you wish that all uh, novice cosplayers knew? Um, what are your words of advice? I I would say, like, and the most basic thing is just give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself. You're learning. You do not need to be this most, you know, this perfect maker some of the most amazing things that I've created, I have restarted so many times. And so a lot of the things that you're seeing online, these beautiful things, you're not seeing the struggles behind how that came together. You're not seeing all of the very human moments and the money that was spent sometimes to, to bring these things together, to make them very pretty for people to see online. So be kind to yourself, be kind to others. And that, that is my, my biggest advice to baby cosplayers awesome well Beverly thank you so much again for being on with us really quickly before we let you get back to your life would you let everybody know where they can find you on social media and um, all that stuff yeah uh, you can find me on my website down in creativestudios.com and of course I'm on all the socials uh, if you just type my name down in uh, one of the two of my husband and I, and I will pop up and uh, it's pretty easy to find me. So come and find me and say hi. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being on. We really appreciated uh, you giving us a little bit of your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed learning all about Beverly and all about SheProp and her book, Cosplayer's Ultimate Guide to EVA Foam. I highly suggest if that's if you are in 
Orange UVA foam if you want to learn more. It seems to be a really good reference guide. I'm so happy to have it uh, in my cosplay book library. Um, check her out on all her social medias. Um, but if you want to follow along with us and check us out, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. And we are also over on TikTok at Cosplay and Cocktails. You can follow us there. You can comment hang out be a creep you, you can do whatever you want or um you can send us things all kinds of things over on the email uh, that's where jesse hangs out uh yeah you can send weird fish pics interesting plants and mushrooms cons we should go to or other events that we should go to to cover episode ideas cocktail recipes mocktail recipes uh topics for top five geek down what are you interested in knowing answers for i'm gonna ask you a question as a reminder this episode's question was advent calendars what ones do i need uh write in now so that i can <laughs> uh get all the good ones because some of them you gotta buy early like the funko ones go fast a lot of time right uh, so let me know uh what advent calendars i need yeah help me decide yeah uh, if you want to send us any of those things, you can send them to our email, which is cosplayandcocktailspod at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. Well, Jesse, what do you reckon? I reckon it's time we best be scooting. Okay, bye. Well, bye.